This episode of The Doctor Diaries has been proudly supported by the specialist medical lender Credible. Securing finance for your personal or professional needs with Credible requires no major operations or difficult equations. Be it home loans, car loans, equipment loans or commercial property, the team of finance specialists at Credible will provide a tailored solution for you. Learn more at credible.com.au. That's C-R-E-D-A-B-L, where you can live chat with a member of the team 24-7. Welcome to The Doctor Diaries, a podcast which will take you behind the scenes of the intriguing medical world. Join me, Hanya Rovesby, as I chat to our guests who will take us through their insights, experiences and ideas as an expert, thought leader and trailblazer in this space. Today we have the pleasure of speaking to Dr. Dinesh Palapana. He's an Australian doctor, lawyer and disability advocate. He's the first quadriplegic medical intern in Queensland, Australia. He's the second person with quadriplegia to graduate as a doctor in Australia and the first with spinal cord injury. Dinesh received an Order of Australia Medal for his service to medicine in 2018 and has just given evidence to the Disability Royal Commission about the impact of COVID-19 on people with disabilities, something he saw firsthand in his role as an emergency ward doctor. Dinesh was the Gold Coast University Hospital's Junior Doctor of the Year in 2008, which is very impressive, but even more impressive again to add to his list. And and recently he's been announced as 2021 Queensland Australian of the Year. Welcome, Dinesh. Hello. Thanks for having me, Wow, it, that was an amazing introduction. You've obviously just very impressive resume. Oh, thank you. I'm uh, super. Uh, I, I just I can't believe that life um, has been what it is in the last eleven years. After I had a car accident, I often, um, especially lately, I've just been reflecting on what a journey it's been and how grateful I am to be here. Yeah. Well, Dinesh, um, at, in the Doctor Dory episodes, we love to hear the whole story. So I'm going to wind you back <laughs> and take you right. If you can take us through your journey right from the beginning, and uh, I suppose even your decision to go into medicine, and then how it all evolved from there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I um, never grew up wanting to be a doctor, um, and there are so many people that from childhood they wanted to go into medicine and be a doctor for a host of reasons, but that wasn't actually me. It um, never crossed my mind at any point, but when I finished school, um, I was trying to figure out what to do, and I was talking to my mum, who has always been a big part of my life, um, has always been a big positive influence for me, and she said, why don't you study law? That might be a great thing for you. So I went to law school first and it was good. Uh, actually, having a law degree has been a great asset for me. Oh. Um, I've, I've found it to be incredibly useful um, in so many different ways and I think it's a really good thing to have, uh, probably for anyone. Yeah, 
that's interesting you say that because I have a daughter with a law degree, <laughs> but she's going off to do something completely different. And it's, it's interesting you say it's a useful degree to have. Yeah, it is. It is. And what's your daughter off to do? Well, she's uh, <laughs> she's gone off to be a consultant for a tech startup uh, in project management and those sorts of things. And she's looking to move and evolve more and more in, in sort of working with bigger businesses in strategy and business and those sorts of things. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's a good springboard. Yeah, I think it gives you a really good set of skills that you can use in anything, yeah. really. Um, even basic things like writing and analysing things and interpreting things, I think it's a really, really useful skill to have. Yeah, that sort of... Um, I'm going to say it's that other side of critical thinking. So in medicine, there's you've got the analytical science, and but the law has given your brain another quadrant to work in, and obviously to bring that into this career that you've come into. So how did you decide to go into medicine? Well, um, when I was in law school, I started becoming very depressed, and it happened over a slow period of time. Over months, uh, I started to feel flat more and more and more. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the, the funny thing actually is that now, now that I'm in medical school, I, we learned about, well, now that I've finished medical school, we learned about depression and all these um, mental health issues, psychiatric issues. But when you're actually going through it, I didn't really have the insight to understand what was happening, which was a an interesting thing in retrospect. But um, anyway, I was feeling flat over a period of time and I started to feel low and I stopped enjoying all the things I used to enjoy, like, uh, you know, I used to love driving my car and listen to music and playing basketball and hanging out with friends, but I stopped doing all those things uh, and I did those things less and less and less. Mm. And I started to feel anxious all the time. My sleeping patterns changed. Um, and I started having panic attacks as well. Wow. I was going through, yeah, I was going through a period where I was too scared to go outside the house um, for weeks. So it got very, very bad. It was one of the darkest periods of my life. But um, it really got me thinking about life as well. I think one of the side effects of having depression is you think about your, sometimes you think about death a lot and you think about your mortality. But uh, it also got me thinking about how I want to spend my life and what I want to do with it. Um, interestingly, I was listening to a meditation tape the other night and it was talking about this philosophy where if you are mindful of your mortality that anything could change and it helps you live your life well, that's true because I suppose you're looking at your life as uh, it's not an infinite and you've got to sort of uh, say, oh, hang on a second, I've got to make best of the time I have because it truly is, you know, <laughs> a finite amount of time but you could have a, there's an opportunity here to make a difference. Exactly. And um, I think things can change in seconds. Working in the ED these days, I see people sometimes that come in after some horrible stuff that just happened within seconds. They wake up that morning and they don't expect to have a stroke or a heart attack or 
something horrible happened. Um, so I think I started to think that it was really important to make every day count and to be spending every day doing something that I like and that I could look back and feel happy about. At the same time, I started interacting with a lot of doctors and health system and they made a big difference in my own life because once I came out of the depression, everything changed for me and I felt like a new person. I was able to live a lot better. So that's how I thought I would be a doctor. Wow. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And it's amazing to hear that you were able to come out with such a positive new direction because the depression can be quite debilitating, as we all know. Yeah, we see that all the time. Um, yeah. It is debilitating. I guess the other thing that I realised is I've had a spinal cord injury which has affected use of my fingers and all, all the function below the chest. Yes. Well, Dinesh, maybe you could talk. How did that occur? Well, I'll, I'll go into that. But one thing I wanted to wrap up on that previous point was saying that um, that the depression was a lot more debilitating than the spinal cord injury ever was. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's a very interesting comment you make. Wow. So the mental overrode the physical. Yeah. Wow. Uh, for me, anyway, it was far more limiting and far more significant in the way that my life stopped uh, than the spinal cord injury. So, yeah, I, I found that interesting because I think when you're trapped inside your own mind, it's a very different thing to being, you know, having different things with your body. Mm. Do you think, uh, sorry, just to go on to that point. Yeah. That dealing with your body, you were dealing with knowns and tangibles and nerves and muscles and those sorts of things versus the mental is just the unknown and, and that's what's frightening about that. Yeah, yeah. And you, you also, I mean, it, it affects you, right? It affects the way you think and it affects the way you make decisions. So I think that's a more significant. Whereas with the limitation to my body, I could choose to find a way around it. I could choose to mm. find solutions to the physical differences that I acquire. So I, I think that's a very different thing. Well, that's actually very, very interesting and very insightful and profound but to hear that from you it's, it's been a um weird realization I, like, I mean this is probably an maybe an overused example but Stephen Hawking is someone I think about all the time when it comes to that because you know his body was probably in the extremes of being limited in its function but his mind was so powerful mm. And it's changed the way we think about the universe. That's very true. And it's a good example and how much he's achieved because yeah. his mind was strong, regardless yeah. of the foibles of his body. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I think that our mind is a, an important thing. But to answer your question about the accident, I was, um, this happened in 2010 when I was halfway through medical school. I was driving along a highway after it was raining. It's actually raining today in the middle of summer, which uh, brings me back because mm -hmm. it was the tail end of summer uh, in January. And uh, it was just one of those days, one of the wet days. So I, um, 
yeah, you know, sometimes I think you just end up in a certain place at a certain time and it almost feels like destiny or fate because being, I guess, being backed in science, you sometimes don't think, you know, think about these things, but it is funny that these coincidences where you just, you know, if you just move things a second either way, you probably won't end up in a certain situation or a place. Mm. The, the whole sliding door principle. Yeah. Had you gone back for your phone or had you left a minute later or all yeah. those things? Yeah. Yeah. But I happened to leave at a certain time. Yeah. And I even missed a couple of turn-offs that I wanted to take for, to make some stops along the way. But I ended up on a stretch, particular stretch of highway that was reasonably poorly lit. There was roadworks happening around that time. I ended up in the stretch of highway and I came up to, you couldn't see that far ahead. But as I was driving along, I saw this little black slick of some sort of something shiny on the road. And as soon as I hit that shiny thing, it was too late to avoid it. My car started spinning and it lost control. Started spinning and spinning and spinning. And it was, you know, it was going so fast and it was scary because you could just feel the G forces fleeing my body around the car. But um, it eventually went up the side of the road where there was an embankment um, at about 45 degrees or, you know, something like that. But then the car turned around and it came back down the embankment and the nose of it ran into the road and then the car started flying through the air front to back. And it was just a freak, freak, freak accident. And it was the most violent thing that I've ever experienced because all this glass was exploding and I could hear the car being crushed and contorted and things were flying around inside the cabin. And I, I like to say that this was one of my ultimate mindfulness moments because I decided at that point that there was nothing more I could do and uh, that I should try to frame it in a positive way. That is a, in that split second. In that split second. And um, I, I thought, okay, I'm just going to think about this as a roller coaster. And that's um, so what I did. And I tried to have fun for the last little bit. Tanisha, that's, that's, that is um, difficult for anybody to understand that you, it's a resignation then. You just resigned to what was happening in that split second and said, oh, it'll be what it'll be. Yeah, there are certain situations in life, I think, that are completely out of our control. Yeah. And thus, I think we have to try and assign a positive meaning to it because the world is a reflection of how you think about things. I agree. And that, that's probably the most extreme example I could give. Well, all I can say is it's obviously something that's deeply within you and innate to have that positivity because not everybody would be of that mind frame that you, you had during that moment where you are experiencing that accident. But it's obviously set you up to be able to cope with what followed. 
because you've obviously achieved so much. Well, it hasn't been an easy journey. I'd be lying if I said it was. We've gone through a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of downs at the start. Just coming to terms with something like this. When I woke up in the ICU, you know, I was actually awake the whole time until um, I got to the operating theatre when they put me to sleep that night to fix my spine. But uh, waking up again in the ICU and just realising the gravity of what's happened, it was a pretty big thing to come to terms with. Just not being able to use my limbs, just losing all this function and having... It was uh, it was a pretty big thing to come to terms with. Wow! And it, it was a it was a big challenge. I could imagine, and this is off the back of you suffered your depression through studying law, and then did this accident happen while when you'd already started your medical degree, or yeah, I, I was halfway through when this accident. Right, right. Yeah. So there, there was that too, you know, because. I finally found medicine and it was something that I really loved and I still love. Uh, and it wasn't, it was just, I felt like I found my purpose in life and found my passion and then suddenly this happens. Um, so all those things. And I feel, I felt like I was 24 when it happened. I think yeah, 24 or 25. Jeez. Wow. So young. 25, I think, but you know, it was a point in life where you feel like you're, you're starting to feel comfortable within yourself and starting yeah. to feel confident and happy with where you're going. And it, it was, it was that time. Yeah. Very promising and bright. Mm. So then it just took a different turn altogether. Oh, it did. Yeah. It's, like a quite significant tragic turn and but somehow you managed to suffer all this and have all these challenges talk me through how did you find the drive to continue on or say I still want to practice medicine you know because just dealing with the rehab I imagine would have been challenging enough yeah it was a long road back I mean initially I couldn't even talk a full sentence like I am doing to you right now. Mm-hmm. I talk a couple of words and then take a breath and then stop. I couldn't sit up for long periods of time uh, before passing out. Uh, I was dependent on oxygen. So there was a lot of things and it was a slow process to get to this point where I am where I can talk to you normally and sit. So all that was difficult as well. And then um, I couldn't eat for the first week. So, oh, all that was very annoying. But um, I think you just have to keep going um, and hope is really important. Mm. see a lot of people that um, go through difficult times and I think hope is so, so important. And we as a society and we in medicine, I think in particular, are so quick to take hope away from people sometimes mm. and I'm not sure why that is because we say oh you've got to be realistic about this and, but hope keeps people going and hope helps them get to the next step and I had a lot of hope about what my future would look like what kind of function I would get back and just hope that everything will be okay and that hope is really important. Hope is yeah it's interesting again really going back to that thinking of you swirling through the air and 
you had this positive, <laughs> just I'm going to experiencing what happening and then in your recovery, uh, that hope that you're talking about is obviously, again, your mind is a powerful tool. Because you had that hope or you had that positivity, do you believe that's what led you to your recovery and continuing on with what you've achieved so far? I think it was a number of factors. I had my down days and I had I had uh, difficult days. And I think we all do. We, we all have difficult days. Um, and it's okay to process things and it's okay to feel. Sometimes I, I call these things like times of emotional indulgence where you just sit and like, okay, I'm just going to have a couple of hours where I'll just feel sorry for myself and then I'm going to pick up and get back. Yeah. So um, I, I did that sometimes, but um, I, I had hope, which definitely got me through, you know. But um, you just got to keep going because there's you either, either stop and you can either die or you can either stay in the same place or you can keep moving forward and you just got to make a choice about what you want. Mm. And sometimes things are hard. And hard things is what makes us grow. When you're at the gym, it's like pushing yourself a bit harder. That makes makes your muscles grow or makes you makes your endurance a bit better. Um, so it's the hard bits that make us grow, and it's just making the choice to keep pushing through the hard bit that gets you through. Like everything was difficult. Coming back to medical school, it's difficult. Getting back out into the community was difficult. Choosing to see myself positively took a bit of time. So all, all those things were difficult, but um, you just have to say, okay, this is difficult, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. So inspiring. It's incredible. And it's, I don't know that everybody would have the same strength as you to, to do that, which brings me to how do you translate that decision to go on and have the hope maybe even to your existing patients, because I'm sure that you come across patients because you're in the emergency department, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So you would be seeing your, a version of yourself coming through quite often. Number one, just that patient hearing your story, but how, how do you translate that from, by the way, I've got some bad news for you, it's not going to be all good, but there is hope. Yeah, I, I think we all have it within us. We all have it. We all have the ability to do whatever we want and we all, all have the power to do that within us. We all do, all of us. Mm. Some of us have more difficult circumstances. So, you know, the, the kid who's without food and shoes and clothing in sub-Saharan Africa is going to have a much more difficult time to get to places than we do living in Australia. We have a lot of opportunity and privilege to do things, but we all still have that same power to make choices and to seek what we want. Even like for me, I was, you know, I was honestly just a normal guy. When I was growing up and when I was a teenager, I had some people around me say that I wouldn't really amount to much people that were close to me. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Even in my first year of uni, I remember I had this lecturer who told me that um, he couldn't be bothered helping people like me because I wouldn't really have much of a future. So I'm, I'm just a normal person and I'm, I was a normal guy and 
I, I guess my point is we all have that power within us to get to the point that we want. Yeah. And I think the other really important thing is uh, when you find something that you love and when you're passionate about, it makes things a lot easier. It makes it easier to get up in the morning. It makes it easier to put all those hours in. It's not so much about um, earning money or making a wage. It's more about, hey, this is just something I love doing. And how often have we all heard those wise words of advice, but especially when you're younger, you can't imagine that it's as simple as that, that if you're doing something that you love, you probably, you know, that they say that you're not, you do something you love, you won't work a day in your life because you'll be doing something you enjoy and everything else will come with it. Yeah, exactly. And especially this season's really funny because it's Christmas and I'm working on Christmas Day and there are a few people like, oh, gosh, you've got to work Christmas Day, that sucks. Like, no, I don't really mind. Being a doctor is something that I like doing. It doesn't want to be at work most of the time. And, of course, you have your hard days, but most of the time I just feel like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. And obviously that shows through with your amazing achievements because you've gone from high school, you're not going to amount to much, first year lecturer going, oh, I can't even be bothered with you, to Order of Australia, you know, Junior Doctor of the Year, and you've just been announced 2021 Queensland Australian of the Year. Obviously <laughs> what has happened to you has... Um, clicked something's clicked and you're achieving so much please talk us through that that's amazing it's so impressive yeah I think uh the accident really um it made me realize a bunch of things like firstly that time is limited and that anything could happen anything can happen the next day you don't know what will happen one of the things that I did just before the accident was Actually, there, there are two things that I remember quite clearly. One is that one of my friends wanted to go on a snowboarding holiday to Japan. This was just a couple of weeks before the accident. And I ummed and ahed about it for ages. I thought, oh, you know, do I want to spend the money? Do I want to spend the time? Like, should I be doing other things during this time? And this and that. But then... In the end, I just made a decision to go with him. And we had a blast. Like we were gone for three weeks. We had a tremendously good time. I had so many memories from that. And I didn't know that that was the last time that I was going to stand up in the snow, at least for a while. And I wonder if I told myself, hey, this this is the last time you're going to stand up in the snow for a period of time or whenever, you don't know. I think the decision would have been much easier. Yes. And, I, and I'm not saying that we have to be, I'm not saying we have to be careless with our decisions and be silly about the things we do, but I think if we take that approach where we don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow, mm. to take a different lens into the decisions that we make, I think our decisions would be a lot more different and you'd probably have a lot more conviction. Yeah. The other thing is the very last thing I did standing up before I got in my car that night, was to hug my mom. Oh. And um, that, that's a, that was a good thing to have done, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> I think you had to hug your loved ones. Always. Oh, so cherish true. Them. Yeah. Absolutely cherish them. And look, 
it is interesting, isn't it, that you should be living each day as if it's the last chance you get to do things. It's just not the way people think, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that that's really helped me because I think, okay, my time on this planet is limited and I, I don't know what will happen tomorrow, so I've got to make the most of every day. And I just love life. Like, I love, I love life. I love yeah. around me. I love where I live. I love what I get to do. I love, um, I love music and I love everything. Like, it's just, uh, just this incredible thing that we have the privilege of being a part of. So that 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 is one thing that's really helped me, and I want I just want to make the most of this time. Yeah. Uh, um, and I want to make the most of the opportunities that I have. And then I, I think the couple of other things are gratitude. You've got to be grateful for the things that we do have. We live in Australia. I was born in Sri Lanka, and I was there till I was ten years old. Oh. I don't know how hard life is for people there. Uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. So to be here at a time during the pandemic, we had a government that made sure that people still had an income and we've got the National Disability Insurance Scheme, like these great roads. And I look around at the public hospital that I work in, which is an amazing building where everyone gets their own room and it's a brand new place. Like all these things that we get to enjoy, it's, it's amazing. I get to wake up looking at the ocean every day. Well, wow. I think gratitude is really important. I think if you look at life in that sense, you just probably tend to make the most of it. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I, I think you'll obviously we can get that sense from you of the gratitude and it's very, very inspiring to hear you speak like that. But not only do you have gratitude, but you've got it in you to give back as well. So you were in, involved in the Disability Royal Commission about the impact of COVID-19 on people with disabilities and something you saw firsthand as an emergency doctor. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it's been a fascinating year, hasn't it? Well, I'm going to use the word again. It's been unprecedented. So we've only heard that one million times, but there's no other way to describe it. But having said that, there was an interesting conversation where someone was saying that this has been the hardest year but um, for humanity, actually, I think as far as ideas go, it's probably moderate or mild to moderate. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I think I was listening to a news article and somebody said the same. And back in 539, I think, I, I might have my year wrong, but a volcano exploded somewhere and the earth was covered in a black cloud for 18 months. And during that, there was a plague. So <laughs> that particular report, I went, oh, yeah, good point. I think <laughs> there have been other times when it's been more difficult. Yeah, but um, this year has amplified a lot of the inequities that people with disabilities have had. And it's a very fruitful time that the Disability Royal Commission is doing the work that they are doing. And people with disabilities, have, <laughs> it's also a funny word because I haven't, I don't, I don't really feel disabled, so I always... <laughs> I always think about it when I say that word, but nonetheless, people with disabilities have experienced a lot of inequities over time, mm. whether it be education and employment, healthcare access, access in the community, whatever. And during COVID-19, all these things became amplified. 
the most extreme thing that we discussed with healthcare rationing. In some countries like the UK and the US, they started to have guidelines where people with disabilities could be denied intensive care and ventilation because they would have lesser chance of surviving than their oh. So some nations started making some very difficult decisions. Australia didn't do that. The Australian guidelines are much more different and I'm proud to be in a country that is so inclusive. But um, the Disability Royal Commission has taken a look at all these issues, um, how the pandemic affected people with disability, how education and employment has been linked. So I've been um, really fortunate to be in a position to have an insight into that a different perspective as a lawyer and a doctor and as a person with a spinal cord injury and experiences from the ED and my own experiences have helped to inform some of those things. And the Royal Commission has been amazing, their recommendations that they've made so far. They've been very relevant and they've been very, um, they've been very good. So it's, it's a really good thing that's happening for our society where we're taking a look at these issues. Yes. And I think these issues have been very topical this year, especially. There's also been high profile sporting disabled athletes speaking on this sort of topic as well. But to have your perspective as a on the front line and actually seeing and experiencing from your own personal experience, that's invaluable and um, very valuable for to contribute to this discussion. Yeah, I think we are starting to change our perspective as a nation and as a society where I think the dream is one day everyone will just be treated equitably and it'll just be a normal thing and we yeah. want to have, to have a discussion about it. We're just all just equal people participating in this society that we've built but I think it's we're starting to get to that point where we're starting to normalise a lot of things. Yeah. People like Dylan Alcott have been doing an incredible job of just um, – and even things like sexuality, I saw him and his partner on a magazine cover recently. Mm. It is so cool to see that. Oh, so cool. Yeah. He's an amazing advocate as well in the same space, just as you are, you guys, very inspiring. And it, sort of discussing those, they weren't even taboo, but they just weren't discussed, you know, whether it is sexuality or the right to be seek medical treatment as much as an abled body person, yeah. all those things, like... They were just all the unsaid, but it's great. It's fantastic. Dinesh, I know that you're also involved in something that's about giving back in the medical community. You're also a judge for the Credible Helping Hand Grants. So tell me a bit about that. You know what? One of the biggest, one of the most amazing things about this year is um, giving. I think it's made us realise how important it is to look after each other and to support each other, mm. be there for each other. And I think giving is such an important part of life, which I'm, you know, I think I'm privileged as a doctor to be able to do something for the community every day. But what really uh, makes me happy and gets me up in the morning is the ability to do stuff with people. Yes. And this year it's become more important than ever, I think, that we – um, do things for people. So um, credible, they they linked me and you together, which is yeah, cool. which is 
fantastic. Um, to be honest, when they spoke about you, I'd already been reading all about you. It was my husband that said, look at this guy. He's amazing. So uh, you were discussed in my lounge room well before then too. Oh, so, oh, yeah, we were so impressed. That's incredible. Well, yeah, I, I was... Uh, I think that they've um, they've always been really good. So recently, they um, set up a scholarship for some medical and dental students at Griffith University. So that was really cool to see disadvantaged students get a leg up. And then more recently, they've put out the Helping Hands grant for medical practices that have been doing good things for the community and have been doing positive things. And they invited me to be a judge on that, which is a very cool thing. I love that. Yeah. Um, I love having the opportunity to acknowledge some practices that have been doing. Yeah. And there have been a lot of medical practices this year that have done some awesome things for the community during COVID-19. So to have an opportunity to acknowledge them. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Great initiative. Um, My understanding is that there's five grants available and you can apply till the end of February 2021. So you are listening to this podcast. We'll put the um, the link in the podcast notes if anybody's interested in that, which is great. So good on you for being involved in that too. So, Tanesh, it's come to my attention you, you're not only a lawyer and a doctor, but you're doing all sorts of exciting things. There's a, a book on the horizon. Is that right? Oh, yeah. So I've... Um a couple of years after the accident, a few of my friends were like, you've got to write a book about yeah. these experiences because it might help someone else along the way. Yeah. And I thought about it for ages and ages and ages, but then a couple of my friends who'd written books really started encouraging me and they introduced me to some people and um, it just came about this year. Um, so now I'm actually writing a new book. Ah, uh, and that... Perfect, perfect. Is, uh, you definitely need to share this story, yeah, and your insights and your thoughts. And yeah, well, it's um, it's been a very introspective process because I've really had to think a bit deeper about some of the experiences that I've had over the last few years or, or across my lifetime. Actually, also when I'm going about daily life now, sometimes I think, oh, that's a really interesting perspective or that's a really interesting thing to observe. I got a little notepad where I'm writing things. Perfect. I was going to say that. Yes. So I've read a lot of all about a lot of authors and obviously content is interesting to me. That's why I've got the podcast. But I had the keys to carry that notebook with you and those little phrases or observations. As you capture them, write them down definitely. Yeah. For example, I met this um I met this guy recently who was talking about how lonely he is in life because he's gotten to very late in life and he said, I've, I've just been working and I never thought about having anyone in my life. And now I realise how nice it would be to share some of this with someone. And then I thought, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's a really interesting thing to think about. And it was very poignant too because you can get caught up in life. Absolutely, absolutely. And the fact that you're in medicine, especially you're doing something with such a strong and high purpose, it can satisfy a good component of your being and your 
purpose and knowing what you're wanting to do. But that does come a time there. There's other aspects, your personal or emotional or spiritual, whatever they are, they also need to be addressed too. It's the full person. And I think that's what I'm getting from you right from when the beginning of this podcast. It's, I think you've got a good idea of there's a whole that needs to be looked at and needs to be happy and needs to be satisfied. And part of that is your knowledge and what you do, what you can do for yourself. But I'm hearing a lot from you is what can I do to give back? Yeah, I think giving giving is the most important part, whether it be work, whether it be uh, your relationships, whether it be your loved ones, with your friends. I feel that sometimes in modern society where we are very inward looking, sometimes it's easy to become about what we can get and what we need and what we want. And, you know, really, when you're living in a place like Australia, a lot of our basic needs are always going to be satisfied and protected. Yeah. You've got those Maslow's basic needs coming. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So our capacity to give is quite quite significant. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. And the unexpected benefit of giving is what it gives back to you, the joy or the satisfaction that it's hard to explain. But obviously, you know, you understand that. And it makes the world a better place. Yeah. And it just creates an energy where all these good things start being in your stratosphere, surrounding you too, which is very exciting. It's fantastic. Well, Dinesh, you've done so much good. What's what's next? What's the next, next Dinesh challenge? I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but I think the big thing for me is uh, we've got a spinal cord injury research project at my institution and we've got some amazing people and we've got the resources over the last couple of years to do it so now it's just about doing the work mm. and making sure that we have some progress coming through mm. so um that's what it's going to be that's the next big thing exciting yeah one day hopefully i can stand up and talk to you i'd love to be there for that and like to just, I'm really looking forward to watching your journey. You're just so inspirational, amazing. And I'm sure you realise, but just the fact that what you've been through and your your attitude and what you're doing is an inspiration to so many. So, Dinesh, thank you so much for your time today. Um, thanks, Anya. Um, I love the work that you're doing as well. So thank you. For having me on this awesome podcast and hopefully we have a chat to you. Yes. I'd love to keep in touch because... Obviously, the sky's the limit with you. So, well done, Dinesh. So, thank you so much for your time today. All right. Let's stay in touch. Thanks, Anya. Thanks, Dinesh. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Doctor Diaries. You can find out more about our amazing guests on our website, hanyaroversby.com.au or join our Instagram page, Dr Diaries Podcast, to find out more about our podcasts. We look forward to you joining us again.